Oh, welcome to your first of many post-season postcasts, off-season postcasts, between-season postcasts. No, we don't have an FC Cincinnati game to talk about, but we still have plenty to talk about. Part one, in the 11 out of the 18, what is on our mind? What do we like? What do we dislike? What's out there? We also touch on the American Outlaws story that just broke, uh, but we recorded this before that broke, so... Uh, we're kind of basically soothsayers here. Part two, we're talking about the expansion draft and FC Sensei players coming and going in at the end, we do an MLS News Roundup. Again, we are gonna continue to do this throughout the off season. So hopefully you like this because we got more coming up and that is your postseason postcast. Oh, here we are, we're back. We're back at it. It's the postseason. No, it's the offseason. God damn it. And we are still here, still going. I think we're it's the all, only I mean, FCC it's, podcast. It's, it's <laughs> always the postseason, I guess, on here, right? The postcast. God, that post-season. is so true. <laughs> it's it's always postseason around here. Um, no, I don't I was gonna say like it's it's the off season, so it's gonna be more casual, it's gonna be more free-flowing, but uh we really don't stick to a structure most most recording sessions here so <laughs> in fact i think this is the most organized we've ever been for a show and yet it's the off season baby how are we feeling chief how how does the off season find you uh, would have been a lot better if new york could have won now i'm stuck with like i'm just <laughs> Just stuck watching Philly celebrate, and the Phillies are in the World Series, and the Eagles are good, and it's just yeah, fuck the entire town. I know Columbus is the object of our ire, but <laughs> Philly needs to get knocked down a peg. Man, the Albright Noonan connection didn't didn't soften this for you at all. You nope, not it, not one bit. <laughs> uh Grayson, how does the uh, how does the off season find you, my good sir? Uh, you know, I got I started watching that Andor you guys were talking about. <laughs> that was and, can we shoot some it? references into that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I can. We'll see what I can. We'll see what I can sprinkle in. Um, no, I think it's. I think you guys are right. It's actually. It's actually really, really good. Um, I appreciate that it's a show made in 2022. That's not exclusively about. Um, how how the character goes to therapy and has uh, some undisclosed trauma that the entire season is like hinting at, and then it's revealed in the second to last episode. <laughs> and the entire point of the entire thing was like finding out, you know, that the character had some trauma instead of doing some writing and using the trauma to like kind of inform the character, but still telling a story. You know, so I like that there's a story to Andor, you know, like, a, like an adventure stuff going on, yeah. you know, the, the, the most devastating critique I read of the star Wars prequels very recently was the entire movies could have been made moot. If there was just one therapist on staff at the Jedi temple, just one person for <laughs> Anakin Skywalker to talk to, to work some issues out so that he doesn't go and like work those issues out on an entire camp of Tusken Raiders. And then yeah. an entire class of kids, like if there was just someone that he could talk about his mom issues and his separation, his, his loneliness, yeah. anything like, very, well, whoever the dad, 
they, I guess they ended up saying that was Darth Plagueis. But yeah, like my dad that manipulated the cells to make me. But if there's just someone that he could have talked to about that, that was licensed. See, this is like all a defense of like, they said Counselor Troy was the worst character on Star Trek. Maybe, maybe <laughs> she could have saved the Star Wars universe. Could have, could have solved some problems. No, I Andor does the thing that I wish like, an expanded star wars universe would have always done which is just tell cool stories set in that universe like you don't need you don't need the big battles you don't need the jedi and the light side and the dark side give me just like a cool detective story on the underworld of coruscant or give me like an outer rim bounty hunter which is what i thought we were getting with the mandalorian that was just like bounty hunter bounty of the week stories like that's Fun. That's exciting. And like you kind of know the universe. Maybe you don't. Maybe there's a little fan service tip here or there. But like you can tell an interesting story set in this world. That's fun. And um nobody wants to do it. Everything is uh how can we how can we shoehorn Luke Skywalker into this? Some way, shape, or form, we gotta stick Luke in here. And um, no, it's uh I appreciate what they're doing over there. Um, is that enough soccer talk for an intro? I think that, I think that <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh no chief you 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 flagged this idea flagged an idea can you flag an idea you brought this up i think this is a brilliant idea i think we're going to launch right on into this uh would i mean it's your segment do you do you want to introduce this or do you want you want me to run with it and, and butcher it yeah let's um let's go with it um so the idea is since you know there's not a lot of fc cincinnati to talk we'll do some cincinnati to fcc talk Start each week in the offseason with my in the 11 out of the 18. So just news, yes. randomness, things that I saw, uh, things that we saw so we can all have an opportunity to bring. Because I, you know, I can only consume so much news. I can only scroll through Twitter so many times. <laughs> so there may be things I miss. There may be things you guys miss. And we can all educate one another together about the goings on of the world. And if you haven't turned the podcast off yet, and if you haven't unsubscribed yet, maybe somebody out there theoretically could find this entertaining. So uh, my in the 11 this week is uh, propaganda. Um, Ooh, okay. Big story out of Qatar this week that they are going to be paying people <laughs> to come to the World Cup as long as you promise that you will write good things and write pleasant experiences about your trip to Qatar. And they probably make sure that you sign some paperwork that say that you can't say the M word, uh, migrant. Yep. Or, um, or, you know, talk about how hard it is to get a beer literally anywhere in the country <laughs> is probably as long as you promise that you won't um, display anything with the rainbow flag on it. I just yeah, I, no holding hands. It, yep. No holding hands. <laughs> no, none of that. Um, I saw also they were building some tent cities. So you got to leave a five star review of those tent cities that people are staying in. Um, maybe <laughs> right like fire a short festival. Yeah, World Cup is just going to be yeah. a blast. <laughs> yeah, on um, Tent B&B, &B, whatever the Arabic version of that website is, make sure you leave a nice long review of the host. I just, I I love this. <laughs> I love, it's like I had this obsession with North Korea for a while where I would watch any documentary about North Korea just because I, I just, I am amazed in the year 2022, there are still state actors that think they can control narrative 
like this, yeah. like it's the 1940s, the 1930s. And just the audacity of saying, we are going to pay anyone that wants to go over and write nice things, like that's going to somehow offset the millions of other people <laughs> that are going to have a shitty time going to the World Cup. I don't know. Like, I think that if I could make contact with the Qatari government, I think I'd do it just for the story. I don't know about either one of you. I, I was going to say, I'm kind of offended that the post uh, wasn't, you know, reached out to. I feel like we're, we're uh, an outlet of, of some repute. Maybe a transfer market calls us uh, reliable or the mostly reliable post. I mean, <laughs> that's good enough for an invite to Qatar, no? <laughs> yeah, I think there may be some friends of the podcast who are going and doing some <laughs> uh, uh, influencing over there, so I'm gonna Damn. I'm gonna hold <laughs> hold 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 judgment uh, for the for the near time. But uh, I mean, you know, we already we already get paid to to shill for one uh, despot. Why not Why not another? That's true. You know, we are we are colorblind when it comes to religious fundamentalism here at the post. We we view all religious fundamentalism the same, and we will we will be its cheerleader. You know, as long as it's paying as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's too bad we couldn't get a good reference from Jeff Birding in this space. I feel like if he could have like talked to the Qatari government and say, "Hey, these guys are reliable. They will they say anything back. you need. Like they will say they will they will tow any company line like you wouldn't believe." Just, you know, make sure that you make sure you don't put them in the tents. Make sure you get them into like, you know, whatever the equivalent of the JW Marriott or fuck. I'll take a Hampton Inn over there. Right. Get me some decent tickets on the uh, the midfield line. I will tell you I had the best time ever in Qatar and will feel no shame about it whatsoever if my trip gets comp. And especially like if you can put me on Delta so I can maintain status for next year and get those medallion <laughs> miles, that would be clutch too. So if you're listening, um, Qatari government, and I know we have a lot of fans of the pod in Qatar, if you're listening, I can be bought. I just want to throw yes. that out there. I can be bought. Could you imagine whatever version of Delta One takes you to Qatar? <laughs> oh man it's the, the the it's the lay flat seat going into qatar but it's unfortunately the like locked at the ankles and the wrist of the seat on the way out of qatar unfortunately yeah. the uh the kind of leaning stand seat that they experimented <laughs> with for for some time there yeah or the uh you could stay in the cruise ships that are supposed to be anchored just outside of qatari water so that you can drink and gamble and then you you take your little ferry from the cruise ship onto the, that was, uh, the mainland the, the american outlaws were advertising that weren't they that like that the yeah. whole plan for how the outlaws were going to stay in qatar was that you just stayed on a fucking carnival cruise ship like docked right off so like they yeah. like you can see like you're just in like this den of <laughs> sin and iniquity then you can see the repressive country from where your your stateroom is <laughs> but you don't have to follow any of their rules isn't that like uh, that's like seasteading right it's like what the it's like what what the libertarians want to do yes. they want to create like an island off the coast of california oh. and like house all their startups there just reminding um, me of my favorite Wikipedia article of all time, which is the uh, the Principality of Sealand. I don't know if you guys ever came across Sealand in, in your adventures on the internet, but it is a, uh, a former uh, naval base, and I'm going to use that very loosely. It's basically the platform of an oil rig that was converted into a military base, maybe during World War II. 
And uh, this British guy basically claimed it as a sovereign nation and uh, declared himself the king of Sealand. And when the uh, the British government sent an agent there to like talk to him, he captured them and took them <laughs> hostage, just like in the 70s, and like got them to negotiate with the principality of Sealand. And then um, a few years later, uh, like in the early days of the internet, he was selling uh, citizenship or passports to Sealand for like $500 so you could become a citizen. Uh, it was great. I think he eventually sold his country to somebody who wanted to take it over. So, so definitely look up Sealand. So um, <laughs> have, you, have you guys ever been members of like American Outlaws? Uh, I am yeah. a, a current member of American Outlaws just because I thought it would be politically expedient for some of the other hats I wear beyond <laughs> Ace Podcaster. So, so I I don't have I, I don't want to I don't want to disparage the organization, but I'm I'm no I'm no longer a member. And I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. Okay, in um in 2016, they put out a shirt that was like it said, "This land is our land," and it had like a like an eagle that in certain lights could, could raise some questions. Okay. The, the way the eagle was, was posing, let's say, bore some resemblance to some other eagles that some other countries and leaders have used. And, um, I was in, I was in Austin, Texas at, um, at some, at some lake. And I think it was, I think it was Lake Travis. Um, and uh, I looked around, and there's a heavy uh, Latin population around me. And my wife points out that I'm wearing a T-shirt that says, this land is our land. Oh. In like <laughs> 2016, Ooh, not at like great. the height of like the, the presidential election of that year. And with some of the, and I was like, ah, oh, man. I, just, I can't wear this shirt anymore. I can't wear. I can't wear this stuff. And I thought it was just kind of bad luck, but now I find out that they're doing, you know, seasteading, and I'm starting to wonder again. Like maybe we have to ask some questions about this organization. I always wonder, like, how who runs AO? Like, I've been a member of AO. I don't think I've ever once been asked to vote for who the leader of all American Outlaws is. Like, who makes these decisions? Like. Who is in charge here? Like, I feel like that should be something that if you're an American soccer fan of the only American soccer SG, somebody should know who the fuck is in charge, right? I, like, I have I have a theory. So yeah. so back so back it's, in the it's, is it a self aware computer? Because I've seen no. this episode of Star Trek before. No. So back back in the '60s, there were like a bunch of like youth organizations, right? And they were all doing, they're all operating kind of on the left and then for various kinds of social change. One of them was, was led by uh, Gloria Steinem. And it's very well documented that Gloria Steinem was backed by the CIA because she was a little bit, her, like her organization was a little bit more mainstream, was more, more capitalist friendly. She was seen as somebody who could play ball that they wanted to prop up over some of the like communist organizations or organizations they viewed as more dangerous. As you so, yeah. you know, yeah, I think happens. we've seen something like this with the uh, AO versus like Sam's army. Sam's uh, army. Yeah. I'm saying American outlaws, maybe CIA. 
maybe CIA. It's either that or Chuck Blazer's cats, which I assume yeah. are still alive. <laughs> and at some point, yeah. I, I want to track down be, who who has Chuck Blazer's cats. That is very all important. Run, all running out of the all running out of their free apartment, I guess. Yeah. So that was my that was my in the eleven. My, <laughs> What's out of my, your uh, eighteen there? Yeah. <laughs> my out of the eighteen is blue check marks. Um, oh, I saw you. Kevin's favorite uh, philanthropist and CEO, Elon Musk, has announced that anyone, anywhere can get a check mark for $8. So sorry, Andrew Wiebe. Sorry, friend of the pod, Jeff Reuter. Now the post is going to get our, we're going to get our blue check mark. Yes, we the, are. The pigs are going to, we're going to get our blue check mark. And now all y'all motherfuckers are going to have to deal with me with my blue check mark <laughs> up in your mentions, up in your replies. At you're not special anymore. <laughs> I'm going to pay my $8 and you're going to have to deal with my bullshit now. And I can't wait. Like everyone that says they're quitting this app, I don't believe you. I, if if you were going to quit this app, you would have quit it back when Donald Trump was president or like, you know, when you know they were claiming that they were keeping kids captive under pizzerias and shit like that. You're here to stay. If you're still on Twitter right now, you're here to stay. You'll pay your $8 to, to eat Daddy Elon. You'll get your blue check mark like the rest of us, and it's going to be electric. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see the democratization of the internet is back for just a mere $8 a month. How about that? Just for a, for a price of a latte and a muffin, you too can put a very small symbol of status next to your name on an internet platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it'll be it'll be good, it'll be healthy, and I'm sure we'll get a cut of that as as content creators as well. That's what we were promised. Uh, Grayson, what's, what's in your 11? Uh, in my, in my 11 is, um, the new, uh, um, MLS playoff format. Let's go with that. Ooh. Uh, right. Um, Talk to you me. know, doing a, doing a world cup style competition, uh, adding, I think, going up to like 30 postseason games, guaranteeing us uh, two home games minimum uh, in the playoffs since we're going to be a top half uh, seed. Obviously. Um, Clearly. You know, all of that, uh, all of that, uh, you know, sounds good Throw to me. In. So the, in. The, two, the two groups of four, so there'd be eight teams per conference making the postseason doing a round robin tournament like the world cup where the higher seeds host their game. So, so the top two seeds would get, I guess, two home games in this case, generally something along those lines, um, top two advance out of the group, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, then leading up to MLS cup final. It's not the worst format. I mean, it's a lot of extra games, but I don't hate it. A lot of people hated it immediately. I, I mean, this ties into what's out of my 18, which is MLS Cup final, but we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much on board with this as well. 
the, the only thing I could think of when it was first proposed is, I don't know if you've seen the movie Basketball, but when they <laughs> attempt to explain the basketball playoffs and they yes. talk about that, like, what are the playoff clinching scenarios? It's like, well, this team will play this team in a round robin format, uh, best of home and away. And if no winner is still decided, potato sack races will be held on alternating Thursdays until a winner is declared. Yes. Just, yes. It's, <laughs> I, I'm all for just like embracing the weird with MLS. Like they've tried to be NFL light yeah. multiple times. And, you know, I, I, they tried a little bit to be Eurocentric with this home and away leg with goal aggregate and the games were fucking miserable. They were just bad. Um, especially those first legs where nobody wanted to concede and yeah. it was just two teams playing to nil nil draws. So yeah, g- give me, Give me more meaningful matches. Give me group stages and give me standings and give me um, points and who's advancing out of group. And, you know, just this is embrace the weird. And this is weird for MLS. I dig it. Yeah. And I think I think it also shows how influential this Apple deal potentially potentially will be. Right. Yeah. Because they're they want to go to 30 games in the postseason specifically because of um apple's uh apple's demands and um another thing that we've seen you know we're getting from apple is uh it sounds like although i'm not sure if this is confirmed yet it sounds like you know all of those games next year or as many as possible are going to be called from live from within the stadium rather than out of a out of a studio don't hate that one bit. That's already better than what this, Fox gave us this year. But this right. this playoff format, like it seems to me that this is not just for Apple, that like you would add this is a playoff package specifically because you are contemplating trying to sell your playoffs to ESPN or Fox, that this is high leverage inventory that you can sell to them. It's additional games beyond what you probably already promised MLS. So they probably in their deal... They negotiated I'm with um, with Apple. I meant like they probably negotiated in their deal that Apple has the rights to certain amounts of playoff games. But if they were to add more playoff games, maybe that's part of the deal with what allows them to sell some content to cable providers so that it's not entirely locked behind a streaming wall. Because I do I do think that MLS wants to be on regular TV a little bit. Yeah. Just to remind people that they still exist because they are going to be out of sight, out of mind to a certain extent on Apple TV. Yeah. No, and it does sound like they're they're pursuing that. What I would hate is that we lose some of the advantages of the Apple TV deal by pursuing this simulcast thing with ESPN. So more consistent broadcast times gets moved to, you know, Tuesdays at 1030 because Fox Sports went ahead and decided that they would they would actually like to show it then. So then we just have like right. random ass Tuesdays. And we yeah, we're, yeah, we're we're scheduling around some mid-tier Pac-12 matchup right. or, well, we can't put it on this night because we've already promised that time slot to Akron versus Buffalo so that degenerate gamblers can watch the Mac. Yes. <laughs> and I say that as a degenerate gambler that loses a lot of money on the Mac every year. <laughs> and Grayson, you're out of the 18. Well, it seems like a lot of uh, men's U.S. men's national team players are going to be out of the 18. Oh, because the injuries, the injuries are piling up. 
And I don't say not this good. because I'm happy about anybody being injured. I'm still not happy no, we're, that we're we're a firmly anti-injury podcast. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. I'm not. I'm certainly not happy that you know Weston McKinney uh, is probably going to be out until like November 20 or something. I mean, we're three weeks away from the World Cup, and a thin men's national team is looking even thinner and my takeaway is that you know you you as a as a national team coach you can have your favorite players but sure how insane does it look right now to have for greg to have written off somebody like tim ream mm-hmm. um who who is looking great looking rejuvenated in the premier league this year and you're looking at injuries to Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, Cameron Carter Victor Vickers, uh, John Brooks is out of the picture. And you're rolling if based on, you know, Greg sticking with his guys, we're rolling into the World Cup potentially with Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long, with the backup being Mark McKenzie. Ugh, you know james sands. james sands yeah. you know <laughs> like but there was no and there was no reason to do it either there were plenty of opportunities like you didn't need to see your guys anymore right and right. like i refuse to believe that playing a couple of friendlies together somehow developed great chemistry for <laughs> the world cup yeah. two months later oh, you could have taken a look at other guys you could have brought a couple other guys into camp I mean, shit, there's no limit on how many guys you can bring into camp. Why not bring more people in just to get more people some work or get right. some more people involved? If chemistry is such a big fucking deal, bring a couple more people in. Bring a John Brooks in. Bring you know, a, you know, a, we've said it before, bring a Brandon Vasquez in. Just bring more guys in and give more guys opportunities that you lose nothing. And now what you have lost by not doing it is now you really are in a situation where you're incredibly thin. You have no margin for error on the guys that are in your 11 right now. And the, they're going to be sweating out some injury reports in the next two weeks or three weeks to see if these guys are going to be fit to travel to Qatar. Yeah. You want to talk about chemistry? I mean, Tim Ream plays next to Anthony Robinson. <laughs> they're teammates. Come on. Oh, it's killer. Yeah, they're, not, they're not teammates running the Greg Goo system. That, so and, are you really if you're if you're not running the Greg Goo system, are you really teammates? That's exactly where I was going with this too, is that like Greg has built up this like wonderful system that, that can't, you know, it can't be moved, it can't be changed, can't be altered. Every player has to fit the system. And then all of a sudden when you start needing to make like emergency substitutions to your projected roster you have guys that aren't familiar with that or you've already decided aren't good enough at it and are still going to be asked to do the same thing versus like i don't know a more flexible system that might be able to take a 6-6 inform striker and throw them up top and score goals i don't know just spitballing here but a lot of soccer teams can do that uh it's concerning that our national team doesn't seem to be able to do that so or get what, any striker what, to what, score. But what I don't understand most about any of this is that like, we've known the world cup was going to be in the fall for what, like two years now. And like they made this short two. Yeah. Three years now. Yeah. 
And you didn't stop to think that the World Cup being in the fall, that your European-based players weren't going to pick Knox up, right. that they weren't going to be you know, in that portion of the season where most people do end up, if you're going to be injured, most of the injuries happen, you know, second month of the season, third month of the season, by the end of the year, you know, most guys have gotten back into form. So the MLS players were never going to be a concern for, for fitness for the most part, but your European based players, this is, this is the hardest, riskiest part of their schedule. And you didn't look ahead to think that maybe we need to develop some depth instead of relying on all these guys over there? There was an article in the New York Times this week that 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 touched on this, um, where the the author who who writes kind of a weekly weekly soccer column that shows up on on, on Sundays, um he mentioned that in a typical year, um you have you have a World Cup that falls in the summer, it's after the season's over. Um, you know, maybe with with most of the positions in the leagues more or less settled, yeah. players can kind of watch their health a bit a bit better near the end of the season. Um, mm. But you know, coming mid season, everything is still up in the air. I mean, Union Berlin is is at the top of the Bundesliga. Fulham yeah. is is contending for Europa League yeah, spot Champions based League on in, based in on Europe's. position. Um, yeah. You know, even a team like team like Leeds, they're they're safe and their whole their whole season's gonna be a scrap. You know, so maybe if it was later in the year, they would know that they're either safe or sunk. And guys like Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams aren't gonna have to aren't gonna have to call claw and claw and scrape yeah. and risk risk injury. Business decisions when they're playing. Right. You know, yeah. it's and now it's, it's very like, tough to make a business games? decision this point in the season. Right. Because like Kevin said, I mean, look at somebody like Christian Pulisic. He's still he's getting regular minutes at Chelsea now because they're playing in Champions League. And if there's one thing you don't want Christian Pulisic getting as an American fan right now, it's regular minutes because <laughs> history shows when Christian Pulisic gets regular minutes, his leg falls off. Right. So just the idea that like that we that Greg just seemed to not consider any of this when he kept riding with the same cast of idiots over and over again, it's just, it's all the more reason why you can never trust a coach with Columbus crew in his bio. And I really do think that we lost this upcoming world cup. The second we associated ourselves with that organization. It's fair. I think that's, I think that's completely fair. Um, well, Kevin, hint- you're out of the 11. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, I, uh, uh, I hinted at this at my out of the 18th MLS cup final. I, uh, I'm not a fan of this one round elimination playoffs of MLS. The playoffs just up and left me behind and I didn't even have a chance to breathe. I, I completely missed like the buildup to this, the games in a couple of days, Philadelphia and LAFC. Uh, it seems hosting this game caught LA by surprise. We can touch on that a little bit later, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like this setup. I don't like a midday Saturday. I don't know. Just something about all of this feels wrong and just like unimportant, which is just sad. I, I don't know what the solution is. I'm sure I could give you like 19 of them, but like it, this just feels incredibly unimportant and uninteresting. 
Um, I don't know it if I'm alone. Doesn't, in it that. doesn't. It doesn't help that it's happening during the middle of the NFL season. Like middle, the MLS, yeah. pl- the MLS Cup is just so far out of sight, out of mind for just about anyone. Unless your team is playing, the odds are that you're probably watching a college football game, yeah. or you're watching the NFL, or you're watching the World Series. Right. So, like, best case scenario, even like living in an MLS city. I'll throw the MLS Cup game if it's on and there's not a better college game happening at the same time and there's not an NFL game happening at the same time. But just it's the timing is terrible. And it's yeah. it's I hate to give the oh, we need to be on a FIFA international calendar people their due because they're almost as dumb as the pro rel truthers in this country. <laughs> but the one point they make that is just inarguably correct is that it is silly for MLS to play its most important games in the absolute teeth of literally every other professional sporting league in North America, hockey, basketball, college football, the NFL, um, and major league baseball playoffs are all going on right now. And somewhere lurking in the background on Fox sports one or ESPN with no pregame show is an MLS club playoff matchup. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing there's more people in Philly excited about the upcoming Villanova basketball season than they care about this MLS Cup final. Like it's just not there. And yeah, I I completely agree. I I would just keep our our schedule now, but I would just flip it. I would aperture clausura it and I would put MLS Cup final somewhere in May where it's like the absolute just barren wasteland of sports and you're only competing against like early season baseball that nobody cares about. And that's, that's how you'd solve that problem, I think. But yeah, the playoffs are just like, they're here and then they're gone. And that's why I, I like the Apple solution of like giving us some, I don't know, a, an anchor for, for the playoff narratives to build. Um, that's an interesting <laughs> comment about, about Villanova because I, I thought it was so silly when they put out that video with like Jay Wright uh, pumping up the the Philadelphia Union because yeah. it's like he's, oh he's man they got, they got they got Jay Wright. It's like, it's like, what else is Jay Wright he's doing? A, he's like he's yeah, a college he's, coach. He's the ex coach, right? Like yeah. he's not even the college coach. He's, right. he's, he's, yeah. he's a former <laughs> he's a former college coach. It'd be like it would be like the Bengals getting like so excited to see Mick Cronin. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, although if they, but like the, you just say that cause it's Mick Cronin. If Bob Huggins came out to hype up the Bengals crowd for a Monday night game, that would be electric. Like that would still, the people would still get going for that. I yeah. Think. But it's gotta be more obscure than that. Cause Villanova is like a small private school. Right. So it's gotta be like Sean Miller comes out. It's well, that like, would still be Sean electric. Miller. Sean Miller comes out and does some basketball dribbling tricks. Season ticket holder, right now. We're excited <laughs> for the Sean Miller era to return. I mean, you guys know, you guys know, Sean Miller was like one of those like uh, carnival kids, right? Like he would go on late night shows as a kid and do like dribbling tricks. <laughs> yeah, <it's> badass. <laughs> I'm sure the FBI uh, has all of the uh, yeah, archival a, footage yeah. they need. I think like, he was in I'm a. a, I'm a I think he was in a Police Academy movie. Don't threaten me with a good time with like a carny act. Come on. (laughs) I think Sean Miller was in a Police Academy movie. Like just very briefly where they're like. Now that's. It's like a. Again, 
again, you're just selling me more on all this. Like Police Academy, Carney on late night television, dropping bags of cash off at DeAndre Ayton's house to get him to go to to go to Arizona. This is a, this is exciting. We haven't had this much excitement in Cincinnati for a sporting a sports team since Pete Rose was managing the Reds. Let's fucking go. But yeah, my, I think uh, my uh, I think my my I think my stance on uh, MLS Cup has been. Uh, pretty well, pr- made, made, made made pretty clear on this podcast you know so i'm, I'm with you it's out, it's out of my it's out of my 20 uh my in the 11 uh rss feeds guys i i have re rekindled my love for an a good rss reader a good rss feed um i've i've fully embraced it it, it is not related to the twitter news but it, it did dovetail nicely with that but uh yeah if you've never played around with an rss uh feed uh enjoy that you'll have fun changes the way you interact with the internet um i'm actually now mad i literally at- have i literally have no idea what an rss feed <gasps> is okay so Here's here's the premise. Here's the premise. Podcasts are all RSS feeds, right? So like everybody posts their podcasts and then there's any number of apps that take those feeds and display them in all sorts of different ways and and add some some things to that. So back in the early days of the internet, websites would post their articles, the content to an RSS feed. And all you have to do is subscribe to the RSS feed or get the RSS feed from uh the website throw it into your favorite reader boom every new piece of content that that website posts is now running into your feed and you do this it it basically is you can actually add individual subreddits of reddit into your rss feed so it just changes the way you do it but because it's only looking for the content it's a built-in ad-free web experience that is like just distilled to what you're wanting to look at with like out any of the distractions so it's just like a distilled perfect version of the internet for yourself but there won't be someone pretending to be richard nixon and tweeting as richard nixon in that timeline so i'm gonna have to pass on that if you want to you can add twitter feeds (coughs) to your uh, rss feed now different different feed readers will will do different features with them um there's some good ones out there uh some of them charge you a couple bucks but there's there's some freebies out there that are good i highly recommend it it's a it's a good it's a good internet experience and if you're looking for i don't know a better way to internet i would i would highly recommend it but the post doesn't have an rss feed for our content this is something i need to change for us so eric i know you don't listen to this but uh we're gonna do that buddy (laughs) i still get a physical newspaper i'm not Signing up for no RSS feed. I'll, uh, get a little ink under the get a little ink under the fingers in the morning. I did. Yeah. I like that. Does the inquiry even come every day now? I'd heard that it was down to like two days a week or three days a week or something like that. Pat Pat Brennan, don't listen to this. I only get the Sunday New York Times. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't get the inquiry. The uh, the, 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 fa- the failing New York Times. Well, I subscribe inquirer... to the Athletic, so that makes me the same, right? Yes. Actually, if you subscribe to the Athletic at the full price, look into some of the special offers for like a dollar more per month for the year. You get a New York Times subscription and did, some of the other add-ons. Did, did you guys read that story too about how the New York Times had to issue a memo to Athletic writers <laughs> that they're yes. not New York not Times writers? To, it's very funny. They were not allowed to introduce themselves <laughs> to sources as from the New York Times. They had to specifically say, "I am from the Athletic." 
which is owned by the New York Times, but they are not allowed to say that they actually worked for the Times. (laughs) It's like if you went to the Cornell Agricultural School. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or like when I was in grad school, we we didn't say, uh, we said I went to an Ohio State University. Yes, yes. Since the school was definitely in the state university system, but not the Ohio State <laughs> University. <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining that uh, it was like an email sent directly to like Jeff Reuter. Right. Like, Je- Jeff, stop. You don't work for the New York Times. <laughs> I can't decide what's funnier, though, is if it's someone like Jeff who's just doing it, not knowing Jeff a little bit, that this would be a completely for the laugh of being yes. able to say that I am now from the New York Times. Or if it was someone that was going like full Burt Macklin FBI, like some <laughs> low level writer for the athletic being paid by the article who is like emailing major sources saying that he's now a Times employee, because both those are funny for entirely different reasons. And I can't decide which one is a better reality to believe in. I don't. I mean, I understand the New York Times wants to protect themselves in some way, shape or form, but like those people are their employees. And presumably by them saying they're from the New York Times, they're talking to somebody maybe out of their reach if they're just from the athletic, maybe they're working on a bigger story. Fucking let him go, man. Like, what are you going to get a better story? What are you doing? I'm imagining now just that that, that picture of like Herschel Walker at the debate flashing the, <laughs> flashing the badge. Yes. <laughs> They'll just I mean, give these out, man. What do you think? Yeah, I got yeah they really do. They, they legitimately really do just give those out. The whole gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they probably have like a, an employee badge. I'm sure none of them have like, you know, the RFID badge to get into the New York Times, New York's building. But like, I'm sure it exists somewhere, right? Like, it's it's got to work now. Oh, that's hilarious. You know, they didn't have this problem with the wire cutter. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's just some respectful nerds over there. Um, does that do it for part one? Are we off to part two? Let's do it. Let's do it. Part if you're, two. If, there, if you're still if you're still listening, God be with you. <laughs> part two. We're actually going to talk about FC Cincinnati. Whoa. Uh, or you can just skip to part two. But if you found that out right now, I'm so sorry. All right. Part two coming up. FC Cincinnati. <laughs> Kevin Wallace with the New York Times. We're talking FC Cincinnati. That's that's what's happening here. Um, I say I came real close to chiming in with my own name right there. That was just to like follow up on that. That was real close to breaking kayfabe. Like, oh no, we'd have to go in, bleep it out. It'd be a whole big deal. Uh, <laughs> no, we've we've got some FC Cincinnati uh, roster news. A uh, couple of things that that came out the last week or two uh no surprise here but alan cruz has announced his departure the club hasn't announced his departure uh as grayson mentioned on last week's postcast it probably won't happen for another week or two uh where we get the the formal announcement of, of players coming and going um but uh one laurel thaler has announced that uh uh junior moreno's option has been picked up uh not a complete surprise he's been somebody that has been sort of pegged as uh, future depth on a uh, a reloaded team, but uh, Grayson, what is does Moreno's option being picked up change your your postseason calculus for this roster build at all? 
Yeah, I mean, not not really, because I thought that they probably would pick up his option. Yeah. Um, I was originally considering, you know, do you leave him exposed with his option not picked up? Because if St. Louis takes him, they either have to pick up his option or he's a free agent, and they don't really have any... I, they don't have much of an advantage over other teams in, in, in negotiating with him. So, so I was thinking, you know, maybe they'd be not as inclined to pick up somebody who's a free agent. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe they still, maybe it still plays out that way, but it indicates to me that if, if, if it's being reported that his options been picked up, um, he's on the protected list. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, for the amount of gam they gave to get him, I, it doesn't strike me as like if he'd have come in this year and played poorly, right? Then okay, that's one thing. But he came in and he played well, and I think that no matter how you see the roster build going next year, you're gonna want somebody like Junior Moreno as depth at the very least, and his salary number isn't so horridly out of whack to where you would be like, oh, that's too much money to be paying to someone that only starts one out of every five, one out of every six games and plays reserve minutes. So, I mean, for his protected list status, neither would surprise me, leaving yeah. him protected or unprotected. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy where would be like, oh, no, our season is ruined if Junior Moreno is taken in the expansion draft, especially if that means that other players you like more don't get taken. But yeah. he, he makes sense as a candidate for St. Louis for the same reason he makes sense for FCC when they signed him, and that's that he's a – high floor player that's not going to embarrass you right it's going to give you quality minutes and that was really useful for a team like fcc this year maybe not as useful with more spots open to build the roster out next year but still someone you won't hate having around i just the reason i don't think st louis will take him is just that they seem like they've been so ineptly run <laughs> that he's exactly the kind of guy that they need and don't realize on a team like that yeah but instead, I, just use a DP spot on a goalkeeper and, you know, let me know how that works out for you. Right. He, he strikes me as the kind of guy that like a year or two from now will trade to St. Louis's new general manager. And it'll be one of those things where they look back and go, damn, he was actually unprotected in that expansion draft. And now we're paying all this money to, to acquire him now. Um, and I only say that because FCC did that, I think with multiple players. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a, uh, he's not going to be, he's going to be a free agent for next season. Okay. Unless, unless they sign him to some type of extension and which they could, they could still do, but yeah. Um, I think it's probably less likely that they announce a longer term deal now that it seems that they've made a decision to pick up his option. Yeah. What is his gracing? You're probably the one person who would know this. Um, and if you don't, that's fine. It's a weird question. Do you know his status with the Venezuelan national team? He was fairly regular with them for a while. And then I don't think he got called up once this year. I don't know if that's, no, I don't. I don't think so. He or him. I mean, we we all know that he was. I think it's. I think it's just that like nobody calls up FC Cincinnati players. That became an unofficial rule when we right. were bad. Because if you're playing for us, that meant that you weren't worthy of being called up. And it's just some time lag for that news to reach some parts of the world that it's okay <laughs> to start calling up your FC Cincinnati yeah. players. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Greg still hasn't heard it yet, and maybe the word hasn't gotten to Venezuela either. So actually, he was most recently called up. Uh, in February, 
right oh, before okay. right before he signed with us. And it looks like he was injured for the summer window. Okay. Um but um yeah, I mean so he still seems to be still around that team. Plans. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember if they um because yeah, they, they were eliminated from World Cup qualifying pretty early on. They win two, yeah, two games in qualifying. That's not going to do it in, in the old Common Bowl. Um, but yeah, Venezuelan national teamer uh, on the team locked up. Uh, I think that's great. I think again, we we've talked about this. At least this is my theory: is that they're going to try to build this team into a four-four-two diamond. Um, I know that's something that we thought we were getting this year, but the, the roster clearly didn't let them play. And I think Moreno becomes your Woboto backup at the base of that diamond going forward with the intention you of, need. Yeah. you need a, yeah. you need a backup for every player you need. I mean, Woboto gave him a great shift this year. He was phenomenally healthy. You know, you can't count on that level of health every year. And, you saw what happened and we didn't have a backup for Lucho Acosta in some games. So the, yeah. the goal, part of the goal, since they're, they're 11 is a little more set going into next year than it had been in previous years is that the goal remains to get better at all places. And that includes making sure you have a competent backup every in every spot of the, uh, the, the pitch. And I think he'll probably still see plenty of starts because he'll probably be yeah. a, a number of, I mean, we're, we're projecting about players who aren't in the team yet, but I would expect Moreno to be, at least, you know, at at worst, the first backup at a couple of midfield spots. Yeah. But you know, potentially he still is in competition for yeah. a starting spot with the with the new addition, right? And we've or just if, gotten deeper. Yeah. Or if FCC is going for a, a more defensive look, you go back to this three five two that worked, and he's starting alongside Moreno. No, I mean, no reason to think they won't go away from that, other than everything that we were told about Noonan and all right that they were going to try to do that 442 diamond. Well, Noonan needs uh, to get his speed at the back line then. He's Yeah. And I think it's clear if if the, if they don't get the right kinds of defenders in, I'm sure they'll try, but right. If they don't get the right kind of defenders in, then I don't think Noonan's going to force the 442. Yeah. No. He's, he's pragmatic. That's his number one trait is his pragmatism. No, it's exactly it. We're lucky enough to have uh, a general manager that is not willing to sell the farm to get the guy he wants, but that we also have a competent coach that is flexible that can deal with sort of the hand that the GM deals him. I I mean, I think mid-season we were all screaming at Albright that he should sign somebody to help Noonan. It had felt very much like a punt, and then Noonan actually turned out to be fully capable of managing the team that Albright had handed him. Um, so uh, what is this? A uh, week from Friday is the expansion draft. Is that right? We have an expansion draft coming up. Um, just, and- I just, whenever I hear the term expansion draft, all I can think about is just the, the excitement of the FC Cincinnati expansion draft where, <laughs> where, where we learned that Hassan Nadam was going to be joining the beloved orange and blue oh, and where geez. Alan Koch definitely didn't shout out Eric Alexander's name in a moment of panic 
because he didn't know who he was supposed to be drafting at that time. Yeah. Definitely I, didn't happen. That that story needs to be articulated well because we've hinted at it before. We've, we've talked about it before. It's been rumored before. The story that we have, the story that was told to us by multiple people and people that would know, although we can't speak to what was going through the mind of Alan Koch in the moment, but everything that we've been told by multiple sources is that Alan Koch panicked on the set of extra time and uh they were doing a live expansion draft show and he just blurted out eric alexander's name and that is how we ended up with him uh, eric alexander would go on to start at right wing against the seattle sounders in our first mls game ever eric alexander a career defensive midfielder and one of the slowest players in mls history right wing <laughs> right wing uh, opposite corbin bone on the left wing exciting times um no so we have an expansion draft and probably for the first time since 2019 we will probably be sad to see one of our players get picked we've got some tough choices i think in years past we might have wouldn't just picked four or five guys to protect and kind of hope somebody else got picked too um but uh, no, Grayson, you you have this much more under control than I think either Chief or I. So why don't you run down sort of your protected 11 uh, and we can kind of talk about how some guys aren't on that list and, and maybe why they're not. But I'm curious what your protected 11 looks like here. Okay, well, I'm protecting 12 because you get to protect 12. Wow. Okay. Um, well, then I guess you get to wow. 12. Wow. Shots fired. So, so a couple of, a couple of quick things that, that make uh, the, some of this makes the decision easier. So it makes it harder, but anybody who's on a homegrown contract or a generation Adidas deal. And I think it's just the guaranteed term of your generation deal, or you're on your first generation Adidas deal. You're automatically protected. You don't take up a spot. Cool. Um, the the major players for who are automatically protected are Roman Celentano, um, Calvin Harris, Harrison Robledo, um, and then like Bedmines, Zico Bailey are our homegrown players. Okay. Um, I think that's I think that's it. We got Kai Thomas, Steven, but they're not like on the roster. Uh, Ordonez. So, n- oh, oh, Ordonez. Yeah, Kimi. Kimi is automatically protected, so you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't is, have to. Is it? Is it just on your first generation Adidas contract? So Nelson wouldn't qualify then. I don't think Nelson qualifies. So okay, because he's not even like on a generation Adidas option year, because Dallas didn't pick up his option and we didn't pick up his option. We negotiated him to a new to a new deal. Okay. So I'm under the, so I'm operating on the assumption that we have to, that we have to protect Nelson and spoiler alert. I'm, I'm protecting Nelson. Okay. Okay. So why, why don't I just go down my list and you guys can, can yell. Oh, one more thing. You have to protect at least three international players. Yeah. Um, which, which made this a little, made this a little tougher. So I'm going to go down, run down my list and you guys can, can tell me, uh, why I'm stupid. Um, so I have Acosta, Barial, Hagland, Kubo as one international player, mm. Miazga, Murphy, 
Nelson Wobodo as international player number two. Uh, Moreno Santos as international player number three. And then uh, Brenner and Vasquez. And um, I believe, although the information is hard to come by, that Brenner is a domestic player because he got his green card before the season. But Santos is an international player because he got his green card midseason. Right. Which is a new rule, relatively new rule in MLS, where your international yeah. status is determined at the start of the season, not what you currently have in hand. And um, since the new year hasn't started for the league, he's still considered under last year's rules. He wouldn't be an inter- he wouldn't be considered because he would the expansion draft is for next year. I'm I'm assuming that they're going Probably. off of this season's designation. Okay. They could they could for the purposes of the expansion draft say that that season is over. This season is the new one and Santos is therefore not an international player, which would probably see us then protecting Vermeer or Blackett. So, it's still so so it's still within the league year. Okay. And it's before the deadline to execute options or make okay. uh, bona fide offers. So, since all the players are under their current contracts still, um, I'm gonna, I'm making an assumption that your 2022 20, status is what gotcha. is what governs. So, right. going off of your list, the two names that jump out, and I, I might might have missed one or two. Two names that jump out that would that would hurt to lose would be Powell and Cameron. Those yeah. struck me as the two most likely we would swap for somebody i don't know who i'd swap them for but that's this struck me as the two guys so i'll, t- I'll tell you my hard cuts okay yeah. um matarita um Ooh. i he's he's on an expensive deal um and he'll be a free agent if you don't pick up his option so i think it would be a very risky player for an expansion team to draft unless they want to pay him his right. option uh price um, and I think St. Louis already has a lot of a lot of money tied up in some of their other players, so they may not be looking at the at the higher value players. Um, Pal, very hard player um, for me to keep out, but I think that he's a guy who's probably who's likely to slip under the under the radar, and that's a position we want to upgrade anyway. So like. Yeah, Powell would be a great Powell would be a great backup to have next year, but we plan to bring in a starter. And if Powell gets drafted, Gaddis is under contract. Gat, you know, Gaddis can still be your backup if he's not. If assuming he's not going to retire next year, um, Cameron, just yeah, you know, he's he's I I don't know, I, I just think he's he's. Probably he might not be a. He just doesn't feel like a guy who's going to be around next year. Um, because he's he's out of contract right now, right? He has an option. He has an option. I mean, to me, it's a question of. See, Cameron's the hardest cut on there for me because I think that he played exceptionally well with Miazga, and I think that that adds a lot more to your shopping list. Like there's already thick players that they need to go in positions they need to go and improve. And if they were able to roll into next year with pretty much the same back line they had this year, I think they would be fine until 
Maybe you go to upgrade at the summer window. Um, so I, to me, you have a conversation with Cameron. Do you want to come back next year? What are your intentions on things? And if he's back, I think you have to find a way to protect him. If he's waffling in any way, then leave him unprotected. And unless he's willing to give you a firm, definitive answer about what he wants to do next year, because he also would, it also wouldn't surprise me that if he just retired at his at his age. Okay, I'm, I want I want to I want to know who you take out for Cameron, but I want to mention one other player. Um, Alec Can yeah. is somebody who I think would be prime to be drafted in an expansion draft, even though St. Louis does have like a Max Tam right. goalie Quasi next year, so they may not be looking <laughs> for a for a goalkeeper. But yeah, um, I would try really really hard to find Can a des- a trade destination during the twenty four hour trade window. Which we haven't touched on yet, but right. it's funny you mentioned him because Ken's probably the one I would replace for keeping Cameron if Cameron if keeping Cameron was a priority. But I don't have I don't have Ken on my on my list. Oh, I missed so, that. So Ken was a close call for me. I see. The, I had four close calls: Cameron, Matarita, Powell, Ken, and I just didn't feel like I could justify taking anybody else out. I mean. I yeah. would take Kubo out if we didn't need three international right. players. Right, right. But I'd also take Robledo out if the home grounds weren't. I'd also consider taking it. Santos out, you know? I, but he's pay, international, I mean, right? I, so He's international, yeah. He helps you yeah. there. Yeah, because he's absolutely somebody I'd leave unprotected. I know he had the one play, and I know a lot of people think one play justifies what's probably a really bad acquisition but uh i i don't buy it i think that's still no. a bad deal i think it's a lot of no, salary and a lot of money and i think we confirmed in the interim that six hundred thousand more gam to philly potentially for sergio yeah. santos there's no way i picked that option up there's just there's no way that that he stays on this team for that much money that's too much that's way way too much gam for what he brings to the team that i think you can find elsewhere if you're just looking for elite speed yeah, just go draft the fastest kid out of college and tell him he's a striker now. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's basically worked, what Santos is. Yeah, worked for Al Davis for all those years. Right, right. Yeah, just go get a track kid. <laughs> yeah, and you don't you don't need to catch in the NFL. What's Dar- in the uh, MLS? What's Darius Hayward Bay up to right now? <laughs> right, Marquise Goodman, right, receiver for the right. uh, the Seahawks as a sprinter turned receiver. And who was the dude? I know he wasn't a Raider, but that dude from Ohio State that was fast as hell and couldn't catch for all those years. Oh yeah, um, God, that reminds me of uh, Usain Bolt got a tryout with uh, Dortmund as a part of like a Pumas publicity stunt, and then he signed with a team in Australia and scored like three goals in preseason. Let's <laughs> oh. Google fast Ohio State wide receiver that can't catch and see if it actually. So yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't help. I I I it sounds like you guys both want you both want Cameron in. I um mean, I, I mean, yeah, I'd like to have him. I just don't know your your problem is is like you said, is that it's a numbers game and the international rule kind of fucks you because otherwise why the hell are you protecting you, Yakubo? You know what you could Do go you wild have- on is you could just leave like Acosta <laughs> unprotected and right. be like, you know, St. Louis already has two DPs right. under contract next year. 
are God, you going what roll, to what a roll the dice <laughs> although like couldn't they but the problem with leaving a dp unprotected is couldn't they as soon as they sh- see that we left them unprotected somebody else calls them yeah they and trade says, him we want lucio acosta yes you select him and trade him so you yeah. even yep you can't even play that game of like what don't they need because same thing with like alec khan is that if you leave right. him unprotected there's probably someone that's going to say to st louis hey Take him. We want him. We know you don't need him, we'll but we'll you give a, you yeah. an international spot that you need so bad. Yeah, no. Can you do? Exactly can it. you do a? Can you do a backroom deal like that too? You could be like, hey, we um, we really don't want you to take one of our guys. We know you're going to need an international spot, so we are prepared to handshake promise to sell you an international spot below market value if you just let the angel of death pass by our door unscathed so that we don't have to make one of these hard Sophie's choices on our players. Um, I believe or, we had a deal. I believe, I believe we had a backroom deal with Vancouver. Yeah. Um, where we agreed to take um, Kai Kamara. Yeah. And they had to trade us uh, Kendall Watson. That's exactly what happened. And an international spot or something like that. Ooh, do they, do, do they get as an expansion team, do they get a, can- a contract cancellation? So like, could we pay them to take a contract and cancel it for us? So we'd like, theoretically, like, I know we don't have anyone really this year that we want that to happen, but could a team do that to them? I think they they could. could. Yeah. I think they could do, I think they could exercise an off season, a one-time buyout before next year. See, that would be a, that would be a a galaxy brain thing to do with your expansion draft is to go go around the, the league, find a guy that's on a bad contract that somebody wants out of and say, we need something from you, but we will take this player in the expansion draft on a handshake deal that you do something for us down the road. I've got the deal. I've got the deal. We say, look, take Jeff Cameron in the expansion draft and immediately following it, we will trade you two international spots for Jeff Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) So your expansion draft is two international spots from us. (laughs) See, this is like, I, I need more shadiness like that. Like, I, I, what I, lo- I loved about um, the first year under Albright is it's the first year where we seem like we have been doing shady yes, shit yes. to, you know, the rent-seeking behavior with the allocation spot. <laughs> like, I really want Albright to find the loophole or some way that we can spin the – because he did that when he was with Philly. Yeah. He's fleeced us out of all the, um, <laughs> the, the MLS picks, does, yeah. super draft picks. <laughs> he fleeced us out of money for those. Yeah. Like, come on, let's get to work on this. This isn't – this isn't an exercise in difficult choices. This is an exercise in opportunity for Albright. Yes, there's yes. there's money to be made here. There's some there's some games to be played. I don't know what I don't know what's out there, but this does feel like a situation where rather than rather than leave anybody unprotected and risk losing somebody, just take take chance and risk out of the question and figure out, you know, how can we how can we help you, St. Louis? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, play that game with them. Say, like, don't take someone from us. Take someone for us. Like, we want somebody off the rest of the MLS unprotected list. So not right. only don't take one of our guys, we're going to have a deal in place before you even start the expansion draft that we want somebody else from you. Because we got a shitload of GAM on the books this year. Shitload of Tam coming on the books this year. We got more international spots that we probably aren't going to use this year because we're so domestic heavy right now. So get in there and not only don't worry about who you're protecting, 
like get in there and go make a deal. Use this as an opportunity to steal someone off somebody else's roster right now. Damn. Yeah. Ah, you could you could send them an international spot and some some game considerations. Uh, I don't see why not. Although they do seem like the kind of team that would take Matarita. Just throwing that out there. That would <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst the worst decision in the world. Uh, maybe it'll take. Maybe we can we can we can gas him up on Isaac Atanga. Wouldn't you love to have Isaac Atanga? <laughs> He's killing it in Turkey, probably. Yeah, I haven't looked. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or he's he's our I don't, again I'm not entirely clear how this works but they could like get his MLS rights so when his loan is over then they can buy out his contract for us and that would right really I, nice. I assume you take his contract like as it is so if we have like yeah. a recall right maybe they have a recall right on yeah. him as as well hold back cancel his contract <laughs> send him back overseas <laughs> really mean right. <laughs> or don't even bring him back just cancel his contract and mail him his things yeah yeah. And and your visa's been canceled. Good luck getting back. <laughs> Sorry. You can go live on sea you can go live on sea land or wherever yes, the fuck you we were can. talking about in second hey, one. Man. I had the article up not too long ago and I forgot that there was like there was a coup with some of the other sea landers because there were like five people living there <laughs> and two of them decided to revolt. Very funny. <laughs> I just have this I have this mental image of like what we do in the shadows where the, the coup was because somebody wasn't folding the laundry correctly or that the dishes were left undone. And so there was a coup as to the leadership of Sealand. I mean you're not far off. Yeah. <laughs> the 1970 attack in Sealand rebel government is the subhead on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, in August, I'm just going to read this because this is so good. August 1978, Alexander Ackenbrack, uh, who described himself as the prime minister of Sealand, hired several German and Dutch mercenaries to lead an attack on Sealand while Bates, the owner and founder of Sealand, and his wife were in Austria, invited by Achenbach to discuss the sale of Sealand. What the hell? That's so good. Uh, uh, Achenbach had disagreed with Bates over plans to turn Sealand into a luxury hotel and casino with fellow German and Dutch businessmen. They stormed the platform with speed speedboats, personal watercrafts, helicopters, took Bates's son, Michael, as hostage. Michael was able to retake Sealand and captured Achenbach and the mercenaries using weapons stashed on the platform. Guys, this is like the greatest movie never made. Are you kidding me? The son gets out. The, the German lawyer who held the, sea, uh, the Sealand passport was charged with treason, and he had to pay $35,000 to get out of Sealand's prison. Again, run by a small family. <laughs> this, Sorry. this is electric. This is the, this is the concept <laughs> that you truly listen to the postcast for, is learning all about Sealand. Give me another podcast that talks about the expansion draft and Sealand at the same time. Come on. It's it's basically Waterworld without Kevin Costner right here. <laughs> but a better plot. Are you kidding me? The son takes his captives captive. Who saw that coming? Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I, I have to say that one of the most maligned, unfairly movies of all time, Waterworld. It it really does kind of hold up. I don't it's, understand. Like it's a I victim like of the, hype. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a victim of like everyone read the stories back in the 90s that the sets kept sinking and they spent a shitload of money on it. But if you didn't know that, 
right. that it was like a production nightmare. The actual movie itself is mostly fine. Right. There's some absurdities, but other than that, you know, Dennis Hopper owns every scene he's in in that movie. <laughs> is the movie better than the pinball machine, though? Oh, uh, the, the Waterworld well, uh, pinball machine. Did, did you see though, that the uh, <laughs> that somebody online made the? Uh, there was a Simpsons episode where. Millhouse plays the Waterworld arcade game where it costs like $3 and the game only lasts like three seconds and you have to put more money in. And someone on the internet, just because of course someone on the internet has done this, has made a full version of the Simpsons version of the Waterworld, the arcade game that you can play on a web browser. And it's fantastic. It's the it's the lamest, dumbest video game ever. And you are playing Millhouse Playing, playing the arcade game <laughs> it's even better. from that episode. That's <laughs> so much better. Speaking of Dennis Hopper, you know a movie is unfairly maligned? Super Mario Brothers? Because yes. I agree with you if that's your take. Yes, that is the take. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie as a kid, and I have never been more confused as to what I was watching. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely doing something. You know, yeah. they're doing Thanks something with that me. movie. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious whether that's going to get like, a, like everything in life gets a second act. I've discovered, especially with the Internet being the way the Internet is in the modern modern world with the new Chris Pratt Super Mario movie. Yeah. I am wondering if we're it's time for the Dennis Hopper movie to get a glow and the Bob Hoskins movie to get a glow up. John Leguizamo is Luigi. I mean, who who doesn't want to watch this? I mean, I think you get a sequel. I think that's the way to do it. And it like it gets better in retrospect because somebody does a good sequel to it. Okay, so we we kicked around for the offseason doing movie watching. And like I know on the list already is the uh, set bladder uh, yes. hype film yeah. that FIFA paid for. Like we're definitely watching that. Yeah. Um this is the soccer podcast. I also if we're gonna do soccer movies, I want to do Sylvester Stallone and Victory. Yeah, yes. he plays yep. a, in a Nazi prison camp playing soccer because that just sounds uplifting for everyone. Um, but we should watch the, the Super Mario Brothers because I don't think I've seen this movie since I was five, maybe six, and I think that would just be some great content for everyone as we sit and watch a mid '90s acid trip of a video game movie and offer our live reactions afterwards. I mean, yeah, let's do it. I'm into every, it. Every, soccer has been rendered spe speechless by this idea. <laughs> hey, maybe Mario Strikers. That's kind of a soccer connection yeah. right there. Yeah. There you go. There we go. I think uh, another one that we got to throw in there is the game of their lives from 2005, where Gerard Butler plays American goalkeeper when uh, the USA beat England one to nothing in the 1950s uh, World Cup, 1950 World Cup. Uh, also in that movie, John Harkes and Patrick Stewart. So that could be fun. Um, you could do a double feature with another Jared Butler movie playing for keeps where he plays like a Northern Virginia youth soccer coach who just hooks up with moms. <laughs> we'll do a double feature. I just love that they got a, uh, a very non-American person to play like the key American player for the team, all about how great America is over uh england so whatever i guess it's like a thing you don't think about when you're a kid for obvious reasons but like the youth soccer coach with the soccer moms all around that probably happens more often than anyone wants to think about or acknowledge <laughs> for sure 
right? They made the movie as a to warn soccer dads about the soccer coaches. (laughs) Baby soccer really. I have a coworker that he insists that it's a conspiracy that his daughter's soccer games were always played on Sunday at one, so that the dads have to make a choice between watching the NFL and going to support their daughters playing soccer. So maybe that was like the dads that stayed home to watch football. The youth soccer coach was, you know, maybe bringing the orange slices had an entirely different meaning. For I think it's a I think it's a conspiracy that they play all the games at like two thirty p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, while I'm working, <laughs> man, it's, it seems like it seems like soccer practice happens a lot when <laughs> the kids in school. I don't I don't understand this. How shouldn't, many private lessons she, these kids need, yeah. huh? Right. Well, he, 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 I I guess that you're helping her get more playing time if you go over and talk about what she can work on when she's at home. I don't know why that needs to be a conversation in person. Well, you guys couldn't just have a phone call or a text message. <laughs> the coach teacher conference is a, is a whole, a whole nother thing. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, is that for, for FCC talk? I mean, clearly that was a lot of FCC talk there at the yeah. end. So <laughs> we didn't even get into the 24 hour trade window. That's oh my be God. Exciting. I can't believe I passed over it. <coughs> uh, that oh. is Monday, right? Monday following MLS cup. <laughs> is the 24-hour trade window. Monday at noon is when it opens. Yeah. Okay. You'll, you'll pay you'll pay for the full seat but only use the edge. <laughs> Have we as the post decided to go live for the full 24/7 uh, just in case <laughs> anything happens. <laughs> It'll be will we if we did that would we get more or fewer listeners than the free lucho silent protest if we just went live? <laughs> <laughs> and had just nothing going on for the entire 24-hour window. Oh, man. I think if I were an MLS GM and I knew I had a trade of some variety that I wanted to get done during the 24-hour trade window, I would submit it to the league at like 1 a.m. my time, just just so that they had to post it. It's like, wow, the 24 hours is crazy. At all all hours, news can be popping off. This is nuts. <laughs> 12.01 a.m. We couldn't wait a minute. We had to get this trade in right now. Here it is. Hot off the fax machine. Harrison Robledo for 50000 in GAM. <laughs> and a handshake agreement not to take uh, Jeff Cameron in the expansion draft. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just articulate that in the, in the press release. <laughs> so last year, Charlotte acquired two 2022 international spots from Nashville SC on the, on the half- so yeah. people call it like the 24 hour trade window, the half day trade window, the two day trade window, whatever yeah. it is, it's Monday at noon. So Monday at noon. If it's a 24 hour trade window, they're really missing an opportunity to not have this sponsored by Waffle House. Yes. Put the extra time guys there. And right. Just... Like, so they should do the do the 24 hour, like actually Holy have the 24 shit, yes. hour trade window show yes. live from, from Waffle, Waffle House. House. Yes. Yeah. In like Atlanta, <laughs> like suburban Atlanta somewhere. And it's just Andrew Weeby and the rest of the extra time dudes all sitting in a Waffle House. And they just they have to stay up the entire time. And if a trade happens, we go live to the Waffle House immediately. And whatever's happening in the Waffle House is just <laughs> happening in the background as we report these big moves from around MLS. I mean, I don't see any reason why the post shouldn't be doing this. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds right up my alley. <laughs> it's a Waffle House on Beachmont I've always wanted to go to. 
driven by it many times that's in your hood it is uh it is newer and i've never been into it but i just assume it also smells like smoke uh it has never never been open in an era where you could smoke in there and i guarantee you it still smells like smoke i used to have a theory that there was really only one waffle house and that whenever they built a new (laughs) waffle house that was just an elaborate like device to teleport you to the one waffle house (laughs) because like every waffle house you ever go into is exactly the same yes like there's like one guy cooking there's one woman that's like running around taking all the orders. There's one person sitting at the counter who you think is a customer, but is really a Waffle House employee. <laughs> so that it's not weird for you to walk in. Like yes. you don't feel like, oh, I'm going to be the only person in there. So they've always got one person just posted up at the bar, just making you feel a little more welcome. And then like two shady people eating in the corner, not really talking to anyone. Yes. Where they clearly had a fight before they went. And they're just sort of like, well, we need to eat. We may as well go do this right now and just sit in silence. <laughs> so we did get Spencer Ritchie on the half-day trade window. Whoa. Because if you Whoa. recall, in USL, he was on loan to us. That is correct. And we traded a super draft yeah. a super draft pick for him uh, before our first season. I'm just so, hearing more and more reason to have that live show. It's not impossible, folks. We could see international <laughs> spots, goalkeepers, anything is possible. Um, Two tickets to MLS Cup final. <laughs> Maybe a parking pass. Yeah, let's let's talk about that in part three. Let's get over to part three. We'll do a little MLS news roundup, and uh, let's end this off-season postcast. Uh, let's do that. All the news that we couldn't quite fit in in the first two parts, they're right here. They're coming at you now. Uh, Yeah, Chief, I love this story. LAFC's uh, stadium, Bank of California Stadium. Or no, they changed it, right? I don't know what it's called. I think it's still still Bank of California Stadium. Oh, is it? Yeah. Damn. I thought they lost the, uh, the sponsorship. Anyway. So so when you attend a game there, are you said to be uh, attending something that's on Bank? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> the uh, they are not allowed to park at the stadium, or I guess near the stadium, because USC has a football game, um, and so there's just no parking. And they are setting up like park and ride share things at Dodger Stadium, which is a solid seven miles away, which given LA traffic will probably take you three hours to get to the stadium. This seems like an absolute clusterfuck and uh, it's a bad look for the league. No, no chief. This is not. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a joke to be written here. Something about like, well, there's plenty of parking on the four Oh five. Hey, Hey, we're keeping it local here, folks. Keeping it local highway jokes. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, it's a good thing LA has such great public transit, right? So this shouldn't that's be true. a real problem. Yeah, that's like nice. world renowned for having great, incredible, useful public transit in Los Angeles. What's what's the uh, rivalry there? El Tráfico. Okay, great, nice. <laughs> they have to have yeah. the highest like concentration of like Uber drivers per capita, though. That's true. Like everybody true. who's got a job as like a like an intern at, at a screenwriter. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just waiting for their big break. Like I'm doing commercials right now, but any day now someone's going to see my demo tape. Right. They drive Actors the Uber and they just have list. stacks of scripts on the, on the, on the, on the passenger <laughs> right. seat. 
Right, like when you ride in their Uber, they also have like on the side right there just DVDs of like their screen tests that you can pick up. Yeah, just in case you're looking, you never know who's riding. They hand you a menu of impressions you can order from on the, on your ride over just to see their range. That'd be good. See the voices they can do. You know, I do voices for commercials, cartoons, whatever you need. <laughs> just ask me what you want to hear on the ride, and I'll make sure that we can we can do that for you. <laughs> it's I just, don't know how though. Like yeah. with this with this story though, I don't know how you avoid it. It's the they don't know where this game is going to be hosted until a literally week. a week before yeah. it happens. The league isn't popular enough to have a neutral site game. Although I guess. Like in defense of that idea, I think the NWSL sold out their championship game at a neutral site. So yeah. I don't know. Like, all right, so that's an interesting question. So if this game was being held in Cincinnati at TQL Stadium, what kind of numbers would it do this weekend? Probably sell out. Get a full stadium. Yeah. yeah. Full stadium. Yeah. I think so. I mean, especially given that it's LA and Philly. Like you got two big markets, plus Cincinnati's a a fairly soccer happy city. I don't see why it wouldn't. Let's see why it wouldn't fill out. Assuming it's priced reasonably. That's the thing, though. It's like you feel like the final, the ticket's got to be like $200 a piece. I don't think you'd get that. But if you priced yeah. it like a playoff game, your average FCC playoff game would be, I'd assume, I actually have no fucking clue what that looks like. Um, right. then, that's, uh, a, that's, yeah. the, that's the solution to this right here is that if they want to do it that way, is that you. You know, you you play this at a neutral site or you play it somewhere in the central part of the United States. And I mean, there's a way that you make this a win where you get the league partners for whatever airlines and stuff like that to help fly supporters do something so that the stadium can at least be nominally full of, you know, people that give a shit about the game and stage it around like they do the Super Bowl. Um, but otherwise, it's like if you're not going to do that. And the only real sports that does that is is foot is pro football in the United States. Everybody yeah. else plays at their home stadiums. You're just going to be at the mercy of, you know, whatever else is going on in town while MLS Cup is happening. So Oof. there's really no way there's no way to avoid it. Otherwise, it's just you do what you got to do. All right, hear me out. Dumb idea. You find an NFL stadium to host this in, but you take giant chunks of the upper deck and you give out free tickets to supporters groups of all of the other MLS teams. You got a Philly section, you got a Cincinnati section, you got a Columbus section, and you let you let them know they can bring drums, they can bring whatever <laughs> instruments they want. And it's a fucking carnival of all of the other fan bases hoping the, uh, the team's actually playing fail and lose and they're singing lewd songs at them. It would be fucking incredible. The atmosphere would be unbelievable. So it would be like a reverse political convention where you've got like the delegations from yes. each like state yes. in each area, except <laughs> instead of all being excited that the candidates <laughs> is on stage, that they're all mad. And so yes. it's just they're taking it out on the crowd. That'd be that would be incredible. They would, you know, they're they're fans of soccer. So it, on some level they're watching the game and, and responding to the game. But yeah, they're like trying oh, to shit. demonstrate that they belong shit, the, there. The, the the supporters groups of like you know the sons of Ben would have to spend this week trying to negotiate with other supporters groups like <laughs> to buy the support for Philly like what do you guys want yes. like, we're gonna mail like a pack of fucking cheesesteaks uh, 
to Cincinnati because, or like Pat Noonan comes out. And it's like, I'm encouraging the Cincinnati delegation to support my good friend, Jim Curtin. And there's politicking involved in all this. And your yeah, natural just trying consist- to like turn. Yeah, your natural constituency is like your conference, but you know you're probably going to lose your rivals, but like maybe they've got bad blood with a guy on the other team. So like, yeah, there's a whole lot you can play with. (laughs) Shifting alliances like within the stadium. Within the game, right? Do you just always cheer? Like the entire stadium's always cheering for whoever's losing at any given moment. So like home field advantage is switching throughout the game. Oh, it could be a ton of fun. (laughs) Plus it would have to be like, you'd have to be uh, like the, the worst part of getting married is having to do the seating chart at your fucking wedding. Like that was miserable because like, you know, yes. this person has to sit next to this person and you don't want these people who don't know each other to like that doing the seating chart for this would be incredible because like, do you put Cincinnati fans and Columbus fans right next to one another Ooh. just for like the natural, like, yeah, the whatever's going on. Or do you, do you put them as far away from one another? So that it reduces the likelihood of a fist fight in the crowd. Um, I mean, There's MLS so security much. would love this idea. I can't think of any downsides. This is a here. great idea. I love this idea. <laughs> but it's this just be the, the upper thing ever. The bottom bowl is like, you know, the, the fans the of the fans, actual yeah, team yeah. And, and whatever else. Just the upper deck of an NFL stadium is just nuts. <laughs> they should be it should be alternating sections. One section of MLS fans from a given city, and then uh, kids that were given free tickets as part of a youth initiative outreach. And so they're, they're next, like a, next a DMZ between the yeah, fans. Like, like, like instead of the dudes in England in the high vis jackets, you just put like elementary school kids on the idea that like no one's going to jump through a bunch of elementary school kids yeah. to start a fight. But by the same token, those kids are going to learn some shit that their parents don't want them to hear. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> Oh my and God. here's a here's a here's a group that was that's coming in from this underprivileged area, and then you've got like the NYC FC fans, like motherfucking the Red Bulls <laughs> fans, like across them, they're throwing shit, but it's like arcing over the kids because you don't want to hit a kid. <laughs> you can have like a a Liga MX fan zone as well, just like you know anybody who wants to claim their their Mexican uh, alliances can be in like the end oh, yeah. zones. Oh, it'd be it's great. like a political convention. You've got the international. Called the international vote, the international yeah. voting block at the delegation. The Dems abroad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh my god. No, I I love this. Um, I think that would work. I think that's how you do this. Yeah, we, um, just, fi- we just fixed the parking situation at LAFC. You're welcome, MLS. Yeah, just host it at Arrowhead every year. Duh, <laughs> this solves itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plenty of parking. Do, do we want to pick a winner? Or or who do you want to win, maybe, is the more interesting question. I mean, I don't really want either team to win, but... LAFC. Yeah, just because that would be the yeah, worst just choice. The worst. Just nobody, <laughs> want, nobody wants LA to win. You root for big markets. You root for big spenders. Like, they're the evil empire of the two. Yeah. Philly's, I said at the start of the podcast, like Phillies, there's too much good vibes in Philly right now. You shouldn't be allowed to be in the World Series with your baseball team, MLS Cup with your soccer team, and have an undefeated NFL team. That's there's entirely good thing the Flyers suck and always suck. But um, but no, this Philly needs they need to lose this and they need to, you know, a little bit of humility here. And no, no, you root for LAFC. That's that's what we need right now. The the world needs that the story of LAFC coming full circle here. Grayson, let's say ye. 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. Um, except for, except for because of this podcast. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I, I'll, I'll stick with it. I, yeah. Phil, let's go. Not let's go Philly union, but. Mm-hmm. It sounded like rude. But. No. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope Philly wins. And then curtain leaves. And then we never have to hear about Philly Union again. Do you want Jim Curtin to be hired in some way, <clears throat> shape, or form by FC Cincinnati? Um, not really, to be honest. No. Uh, I want him to coach uh, probably the U.S. men's national team. Ooh. Um, yeah, so you can have you can have that with him losing too. Like the ultimate the ultimate <laughs> win here is Philly loses. Jim Curtin realizes he will never achieve his dreams under the constraints of Philly Union and their spending, and he comes to work here as the president of soccer operations, or he makes the jump to the U.S. men's national team afterwards. Like everything you want for Jim Curtin can just as easily happen, and also the city of Philadelphia can lose. Like, this is, we I mean, can get a win-win here, or a win-lose is the case. I do, <laughs> I do want Curtin to come here as the president of soccer operations, but I also feel like, and it's not, it's not my call, so I don't know how these guys feel about it, but I feel like Curtin coming over risks overshadowing what, like, Albright and Noonan have been doing in their own right. Yeah. Um. They're like crawling back into his shadow at that point. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if they, they, they all obviously can work well together. And I do think that if that, if that happens, um, which I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it happens, uh, it's a, you know, you're creating potential like, like juggernaut of a, of a franchise. Which I think so, I think we're I think we're setting up we're set up pretty yeah, well to think, to do anyway. I think, we're, so. I think we're on that road without him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this: as a fan of the league, in so much that I want MLS to do well and to to rise up the world rankings, I want MLS to be convinced, owners to be convinced that they need to open up the purse strings to to invest in the on field product. Who do I root for? for this because i've got two LA. schools of thought yeah the first so were, is you that were, you, you need for, la like, yeah you root for la this is la l it's la all the way on that for for two reasons one because they spend a shitload of money they're basically by i'm guarantee you they are violating mls salary rules sure. in some way so so them winning also validates the take that'll probably happen behind closed doors that you need to open up some of these mechanisms and some of this cheating to more teams and it's it's undeniably better for MLS if you give a shit about this for Los Angeles to win it's like it's better for the league if Los Angeles is a high profile team because it's probably one of the only five cities that most people in the rest of the world can name in America like most people have probably heard of Philly couldn't point to it on a map but LA New York Miami those are them if you if you care about this league growing this league goes as the big markets go and Philly is not a big market comparatively. So here's, here's my one concern with that is that if LAFC beats Philly in particular, who are like the masters of the small ball, you know, money ball budget team, if they beat them, then your Stan Kroenke's of the world can say, look, 
it is impossible for us to win anymore without spending we need to rein in spending. We need to get rid of a DP player. We need or a DP spot. We need to get rid of a U22 spot. We got to rein it in because the rest of us can't compete. We've opened the doors too much and now the money teams are running away with it. So my one concern here is that like Philly almost needs to keep the whole system in check or else they'll start pulling things back in. I have heard um I think maybe they've kind of speculated spec spec speculated on this along these lines on allocation disorder that you there needs to be a perception that if they're gonna kind of open up some of the spending there needs to be a perception that teams can still compete Mm. without opening up the checkbook as much so there will be teams who like spend a ton even more that even more so than than now and there'll be other teams that are more that are more conservative and you'll see teams competing both ways so there probably is something to it where if philly wins some owners will not throw a fit about opening up the spending as long as one you're not requiring them to spend and two it's not going to be like obvious that they're not investing. Right. <laughs> on the, other hand, on yeah. the other hand, though, the problem is that Major League Baseball went through this about, I don't know, 20 years ago. And this idea that the Oakland Athletics, the money ball thing, it ruined a generation of baseball in small markets because everybody tried to be the A's without <laughs> having Billy Bean on staff. And the result was just shitty baseball. Right. So, no, I... To me, the the money involved with MLS contracts, it's laughable. Like the salary caps are really low. We're operating on the margins right here. They just got a big pay raise from MLS. No, I, I, this, this league needs to invest more. They have not even come close to the point where it's like, whoa, spending is out of control in this league. It's, they're owned by billionaires. The valuations are out of control. Um, they just signed a new TV deal. And reigning in spending will just result in this league looking like the usl so no i don't want that at all i would rather that i would rather this league continue to grow and then maybe some teams come along for the ride than worry about the cheapskates trying to pull things back no none of that i like it i like it um We've already touched on the playoff changes there. I guess the last thing to talk about here is the uh, the Apple TV deal. Some more some more details have have leaked out, especially thanks to the Athletic getting their hands on some uh, documents. Which I'm pretty sure there was a league memo that went out earlier this year to employees saying stop sending documents to the Athletic. So somebody wasn't reading their email earlier this year. They, they, well, they thought they, they were sending it to New York Times. Fuck! God. <laughs> God damn it! Same joke! God! I couldn't spit it out fast enough. Shit. What they didn't realize is that Wordle has uh, key loggers on computers, so that's that's how they were getting all this. Um, no, some. I mean, generally, it looks like good information here. So, uh, kind of 
confirming uh, what I've sort of suspected a lot of people got wrong early on. There's going to be basically like three tiers to the MLS deal on Apple. One is that there will be free games. Uh, it seems like every week there will be at least one free game to anybody just for having the app on your phone. And then there will be a subset of games uh, available to anybody with Apple TV Plus, which is like five ninety nine these days um, and then there's that additional over-the-top package that you pay for all of the mls content and that'll be i'm gonna guess about 100 bucks a season and that'll give you every single game um so nothing crazy there the in-studio uh or it on location studio guys and on location um broadcast is what i mean um that's awesome that's a huge yes. win for the league that is something that is missing from a lot of soccer broadcasts today i mean your average espn uh, broadcast is one guy doing it remote for a game in germany like it's it's a completely different vibe when they're in the stadium um so so much better i think that'll be awesome um and then having uh english and spanish is huge I don't know if FCC has ever had a game broadcast in Spanish before. I can, I could be wrong about that. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, this we're will be the first like time. Aberrate, we're also like a market aberration that we, like Cincinnati has almost like, it's almost an insane when you run the demographic numbers and look at them, how small the Hispanic population is in Cincinnati for how yeah. big the city is. Like we are very abnormal in having virtually no Spanish speaking language presence in, a, in the metro area except for la mega which is great radio station uh <laughs> they read the horoscopes out every morning in spanish um you know just in case you need that in your life um so yeah so that's super interesting and uh <laughs> it does sound like and they, they confirmed this that teams will still be able to allow a home radio broadcast team that will be a uh an option for the broadcast uh that you're watching on apple tv although there was something in there that made it sound like only the home team's radio broadcast will be available uh on the apple tv platform which i thought was a weird interesting thing but um assuming uh <clears throat> tommy g doesn't get picked up by fox full time after his world cup work with Derek ray uh you may still yeah, be actually rest to tommy g and getting to go yeah. to cutter though like yeah. that's that's that pretty sweet that's pretty him. sweet yeah. i mean do, do you think he took the deal oh god i mean i think that's the implied deal with any broadcaster right like like alexi lawless has been bought and paid for by fifa for a while he's been a uh like a secret champion of a every two years world cup because uh uh, FIFA paid him a bunch of money and called him a FIFA legend or something like that. So, um, that was but no, congrats. Anyway. No, congrats. Yeah. That's the, we're clearly joking here. Congrats. Cause I know Tommy's a big listener of the podcast. So especially at this many hours in, like he's one of the real ones. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, the, the, the yeah. Apple, the Apple D it, it's, it was all good news. Like yeah. having a pre, a dedicated pregame show oh. is, is good news. Um, people don't really understand like how important, or I think people do at this point, but you know, if you don't learn how important these pregame shows and other coverage is to creating narrative and giving you a reason to watch 
a random MLS game, educating yes. people as to who these players are, which the league does a terrible job of right now. Why? What the compelling storylines are going into matches for people that might not be following these teams too closely. Give me a 10-minute version of what Dallas has been up to and why I should give a shit about them playing Kansas City. Um, maybe I'll watch. Maybe I won't, yeah. but maybe I'll watch. And um, the yeah. set start times is fantastic. The The on-location commentators is really interesting because I remember when we talked to uh, to Mike Watts way back at the start of the postcast, he had mentioned about how his thought was perhaps that like the NWSL had gone to a completely one location broadcast setup. And right. it'll be interesting to see if that impacts the quality or the type of broadcaster MLS can get for this, because it's a lot easier to fly people to a studio location in Florida than it is to fly people around and ask people to do games, you know, two days in a day out to uh to cover these games so that'll be yeah. interesting but the article there was also, no, I, like, to me oh, there was nothing in this deal this leak where i was like well, that sucks this all was just great news right yeah the only thing downside there was there there was some expressed concern about the availability of uh uh like satellite trucks <laughs> was was a big concern there um which i thought was interesting but i also like the comment that like any problem they've come across they uh they throw more money at and like they're yeah. solving all of their problems as they go through this. So, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned it too, because um, is it all the games are going to be in 1080p with a move yes. to 4K? Like, because yes. the broadcast quality of some MLS games is fucking atrocious, like just yes. awful, like potato quality. Where if you, I'm, I'm aware that the game is in HD, but you couldn't fool me that this is any better than just standard definition broadcast, more right. camera angles. So maybe they'll notice that fucking Derek Etienne is offside again this year. With some Would more angles nice. to review, Would we'll still really get screwed. Nice. We'll still get screwed. I'm I'm very confident in that. <laughs> but but yeah, like the, the improving the production quality, treating the games like they're a big deal, keeping them at set times. These are all. And it seems real basic, but it's stuff this league has lacked. The stability of knowing when a game is played, knowing there'll be a pregame show, and having broadcasters that are professional national broadcasters for every game. Fucking sign me up, and then wow. I get this for free as a season ticket holder. This is just the best. This is the best. Ooh, I will say that actually does remind me of like the one downside. Um, in the not so fine print, they mentioned that it is uh, one subscription per season ticket account. So if your account has eight seats, you got one subscription. So start adding people to your your iCloud family so you can share your subscription <laughs> because uh yeah you're you're getting one per account not per seat i know that's going to make a lot of people annoyed um or just split up your account you can keep the same seat i don't know i know people like their priorities but like i think i'd take a free subscription over whatever vague priority thing that you think you're getting for i've yet to see a thing where that priority has really helped too much anybody but there you go uh grayson any any takeaways from the the apple tv deal <coughs> nothing jumped out at you nothing nothing different i mean i like uh chief said it's all it all oh, sounds right. like good news yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm waiting, waiting for like the other shoot i'm waiting for the other right. shoe to drop there's right gotta be there's something. gonna be something like, this is this is all like leaked from the league apparently so that the league isn't gonna leak the bad news yet the bad news will drop it, knowing the way this league works is like when do we find out about the flow tv deal here 
in Cincinnati, like a week before the season started yeah, or some shit. Yeah. Maybe like a week. No, I think we found out about it like the second week of the season because DC United had their like shitty experience with flow in week one. And we yes. all got a good laugh about that. And then literally that same day, we announced that we were going to be using flow for some goddamn thing. God. So I'm guessing that we will find out some horrendous downside of the deal minutes before the first game kicks off. Like the game is only in 1080p for the first five minutes. And then you've got to do a microtransaction <laughs> to get the rest <laughs> or it only works on Apple products or some shit like that. There's, <laughs> there's pop-up ads that require you to look at them or it, or it just pauses the game. You have to yeah, stare like, at the ads. Yeah. Like uses your phone's uh, the face, the uh, face ID tracker to make sure you are watching the ad so that you can't turn away and the game won't start. Like if you get up to go get a beer during the game, it'll wait to show yes. you the ad until yes. you get back. There's a, there's a classic uh, 4chan green text of a, uh, having to drink Mountain Dew Code Red as your verification can to keep playing Call of Duty. And it's a sad story of this guy just like sucking down can after can so he can keep playing Call of Duty with his friends. <laughs> it's, it's a classic. Yeah, verification can. Throw that in the Google. And you'll, enjoy, you'll enjoy whatever you find, I'm sure. Um I uh, I don't know what else I have. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't make too many concessions to the cable providers. I don't want them to undo the goodwill here by moving games to weird times and like defaulting to the cable broadcasters cameras or or some shit like that. And, and we undo a lot of the, the goodwill here. So um, other than that, I think I'm out of topics. I think we're done. First first podcast of the off season. We did look, it. Look, look, at all the, look at all the soccer content we managed to shoe in, horn in here. We're going to have nothing to talk about next week. We just blew our whole load here. And, <laughs> and that's why we're going to watch Super Mario Brothers. It's going to be great. Oh, uh, Tune in next week, folks. <laughs> Bye. Fuck Columbus. Fuck Columbus.